0: Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome back to the Catch the Fever uh, Fishing Podcast. Uh, I'm excited about today's episode. Uh, I've got a really good friend uh, that's here that is has taking the time to join us today to educate us a little bit on uh, what he does and uh, he's a successful uh, tournament angler a weekend angler. Uh, I mean anytime it seems like he's gone out. He always seems to produce. Um, he's came several times really close to, uh, his, his, uh, state state record, uh, in, in a couple instances, he's definitely, uh, judging by some of these pictures and, and, and seeing some of the stuff and talking with this angler, uh, I believe he's had a state record on, uh, more than once. Uh, so, uh, this is a guy that I'm excited to talk to him about, and uh, I know you guys will too, um, just because he's got a, a ton of knowledge uh, as a successful angler. So uh, uh, without further ado, guys, welcome Ronnie Dixon out of Florida. Uh, this is somebody, like I said, that we're excited to have. Ronnie, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yes, sir. It, it, it's a privilege for you to be able just to take time to to. Talk with us and kind of let us in on what you are uh, doing out there in Florida, Ron. If you don't mind, kind of introduce yourself. Uh, you know, again, tell your, your your name, where you're from, and uh, what what body of water or uh, that you like to predominantly fish. Just kind of let the listeners in uh, a little bit about what you got going on.
1: Right, uh, Ronnie Dixon. Uh, I live in the Panhandle of Florida, kind of right at the Alabama and Georgia line. Uh, Everybody knows Chattahoochee River, and that's if i if if it was my choice, Chattahoochee River is one of the top fisheries in the south uh it's just loaded with fish uh Lake Seminole and Apalachicola River that's the three rivers that I mainly fish it's all right there, they all you know connect together and uh i mean it's a it's a top notch fishery
0: absolutely absolutely well. You know, so where you're at, you mostly, uh, where you're positioned at in Florida, you say most most of them are are going to be river systems.
1: Yes, uh, we got we got one lake that we fish, and that's Lake Seminole. Uh, other than that, everything else is just small rivers. Uh, and I'm I'm talking shallow rivers. Uh, the deepest deepest holes you'll find on Apalachicola might be thirty five foot. Uh, and that's like one or two of them, you know, (laughs) everything else, everything else is just shallow. I mean, the whole entire river system is 15 foot deep, uh, Lake Seminole. It's got two channels that runs all the way through it. And then the rest of the lake is just 10 foot deep with a lot of grass and stuff like that. And then Chattahoochee river is kind of like, you know, the Tennessee river, in my opinion, uh, real steep banks, deep holes, uh, is that's why i like chattahoochee it's got a little bit deeper water yeah but uh i mean every every body of water has a time and a place where the fishing is going to be good and where the fishing is going to be bad
0: right right so you just kind of uh depending on how the bite is what season you're in uh makes you adjust uh you know where you're going to be fishing to maximize your results out there
1: yes yes uh now like like you said, tournament, you know, I do fish a lot of tournaments down here in Florida. Of course, wherever there's a tournament held, you have to fish that body of water. But uh, if I'm fun fishing, I'm, I'm hunting state records. That's all there is to it. I'm not going out to, you know, catch a dozen fish. I'm out for one fish and one fish only. And uh, after I get my bait, I kind of, however the weather is or what time of the season it is, that'll depend on which body of water I'm, I'm about to go target
0: right right absolutely what would you say uh right now all uh, right what uh is you know you described one lake seminole and then the other body of water that's a river system that's got the deep banks it's got a lot deeper holes and then the one that's predominantly shallow with you know just maybe a couple um which one do you find yourself fishing the most right now i mean is it uh as you're getting into the fall is it um you know or are you just kind of still hopping around, uh, each body of water? Uh,
1: we've had an extremely dry summer. So, uh, Apalachicola river, which is below Lake Seminole, it's been extremely shallow. I mean, we, uh, we hit a sandbar a couple of weekends ago and luckily nobody was injured, but it's just, it's extremely shallow. Uh, bait's hard to come by right? and I've been basically targeting the deeper water and more water, uh, so I, this year alone, I've basically targeted the lake and the river that feeds the lake, which is Chattahoochee River. Yeah,
0: well, we're talking about the Chattahoochee. You, it seems like that's a, a a good a good river system. You know, just by all around uh, by listening to you, you know what it. You know, and we'll get into to Lake Seminole, uh, being that that's a lake. It's really nice that you've got both that are right there. That. You know, you can kind of get your perspectives on each one and a guy listening in, uh, you know, he you know, there's a there's a, a lot of guys that listen that fish lakes and then they'll adjust their tactics to fish river. Um, you know, when you're going out on the Chattahoochee on this river system, you know, what when you put the boat in the water, uh, do you normally just uh, have bait in the boat or do you going out there to catch it? You know, kind of what what do you what do you start out with? Do you, do you already have bait, or how how do you how do you find the food source for that body of water?
1: Uh, I'll go to the Apalachicola River and catch right. my bait. Uh, there's just there's a lot of sloughs right here just where I'm from. But I mean, you can add this anywhere. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of sloughs, and I'll catch my bait there, and then I'll just load the boat up and go to either the lake or Chattahoochee River. Uh right. we have a lot of grass. Um so it's an a cast net's kinda, you know, a pain to try right. to cast net cast net shad or whatever it is kind of bait you're trying to get. Yeah. Because there's so much grass, I mean you spend more time so I'll catch my bait elsewhere and then go go to that river. Right. Yeah.
0: That grass can be a pain in it. will it'll dirty the boat up real quick when you get it in the oh, yeah and it makes that cast net even heavier if it ain't heavy enough already. <laughs> when you start yeah. getting that grass in your cast net, what right now of choice for uh, for the fall time, you know, going into winter on the Chattahoochee, what do you what do you find is, is, is your your go to bait, or is there is there a couple different ones?
1: I'll, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. Everybody, or you know, just down here, everybody kind of goes out on a limb looking for skipjack skipjack's a good bait and when it's when it's here i use what's plentiful i use what the river gives me if i can go out and catch enough skipjack to fish with then i'll go catch some skipjack but if they're not there i'm not gonna worry about oh i can't find skipjack i'm there's too there's too much bait that you can use to catch trophy size fish to not just be worried about okay. one specific bait. um, Gizzard shad, to me, is 100% the best bait to have. And like I said, fishing or catching bait in these sloughs, I mean, they're all, they're always right. going to be in there. It doesn't matter their time of year. They're always going to be in there. Right. And uh, right. And I'll catch gizzard shad before, unless I can go down there, you know, an hour and have enough skipjack to fish a trip, sure. or fish a tournament. But I'm not going to worry about it if they're not there because I have, you know, there's too many other baits to go catch. But if there's one bait that I, right. I could fish with year-round, it would be gizzer Shed.
0: Right. Gotcha. That, and that's that's good advice. And it's a good chance, you know, whatever, you know, is the most plentiful is oftentimes a good indicator. That's what the fish are going to be feeding on. What the fish on. will be dialed into. That's right. And, uh, you know, if, if you've got a certain bait fish. Uh, for anybody listening, you know, you can really listen to what Ronnie's saying here. You've got a certain bait fish that comes in seasonally or something, you know, that's that's time to dial in on it. But, uh, you know, whatever's prevalent around your body of water where that's the, a lot of times the easiest to catch, that can really be a good indication that that's what you should be using yes. anyway. Um, so that's that's good. Uh, Ronnie, and staying on the bait topic for a little bit longer. um it seems like people can't get enough talking about bait because, as you know, the hardest job of, of, of a trophy cat fisherman is, is getting the bait. I mean, that's uh, you that's where it
1: all starts. That's where, you know, if, that's, that's, where, that's,
0: that's the yeah. beginning
1: is, is having enough that's bait right. to fish with. <laughs>
0: that's exactly it. You know, you described, you know, you'll put the boat in, you'll look for these sloughs on the river. Uh, you know, for somebody starting out, you know, they – they, they may wonder what that slough looks like when you're going down the river and you're targeting these bait pockets ronnie what do they look like what do you see is there a sign that the fish give you is the river doing something is it a, a, a eddy where the current's like slows down what do you see where you say man that's where i'm gonna look for uh to, to target catching these gizzard shad?
1: Uh it'll be typically shallower
0: Guys, I apologize for this interruption. We had a little bit of an issue with the he was explaining to us uh, you know, the types of areas um, that he's looking for when he's targeting these gizzard shad. Uh, we believe we've got these, this interruption uh, taken care of on this, uh, on, on this podcast for this. Um, but going back into it, Ronnie, uh, uh, you were describing these areas uh, that you're looking for these gizzard shads, whether it be sloughs, uh, in the river, if you could just kind of describe to the listener, uh, you know, when you're setting out on the river, uh, what these areas look like that hold these gizzard shad.
1: Uh, basically, just any slack water than uh, the main current usually hold some type of shad, whether it be thread fins or gizzard shad. Um, usually behind like sandbars or points, uh, wing dikes, or like these sloughs I'm talking about, they might be 50 to 100 yards off the river. And uh, it's just slack water. There's no current, and to me, it seems like the bait fish kind of hang out in them areas, uh, so they don't have to fight the current. And uh, I mean, it's just easy pickings with a cast net.
0: Right, right. So anywhere where there's there's slack water, that's definitely going to be a, a top place that that gets your attention for 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 catching these gizzard shad. Now, with these gizzard shad, you're it using like a throw net. Is that what you?
1: Yeah, yeah, ca- yeah, cast net. Uh, you i use a 10 footer
0: a 10 footer wow yeah that uh that that can uh that that'll get them if they're there that'll get them if you if you don't mind because there's a lot of cast nets out there um uh, we all know there's no such thing as a cheap cast net it seems like um <laughs> they're all really expensive uh what what kind of cast net are you using do you know how much lead per foot it is or how big your mesh holes are uh, um, the guys looking to get one
1: uh the mesh size of course you know the the smaller mesh uh five-eighths it I'd use that to target you know thread fins it sinks a little bit slower but you're gonna get them smaller baits if I was using live baits for say flatheads or stripers or hybrids um but me I'm a I'm a big bait guy I use the absolute biggest bait I can get away with so I want the biggest bait that I can catch um (laughs) In Florida, in Florida, you're only allowed the the biggest mesh you're allowed to use is an inch. So uh, my nets will range from five eighths to inch mesh, and uh, the nets I use are homemade. Uh, there's a guy locally that I buy them from. Um, I don't have the name of it. I just just go in there yeah. and buy them. But uh, good quality nets. I mean, you can go to any any tackle tackle shop and generally they'll have a, a good name-brand net. Um, you just want you want something that, that lays nice and kind of
0: firm. Not, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. So, one-inch mesh, and that's going to help it sink faster. That's going to catch the yes. bigger that there a little bit quicker. Uh, so – so now you, you've, you've you talked about the areas where you're looking for and getting these shad. You talked about your, your your net and what you're using to catch them. And you've said it twice so far that you are going after a big fish. You're, going, you're using the absolute biggest baits that you can use. Uh, you're going out to get uh, that one or, or two bites to really catch an absolute monster. When you get the bait in the boat and you sit behind your console and you start to go to your fishing spot, what are you then? What, what are you looking for in the river, uh, Ronnie? Is it is it any inflation Like as far as uh, 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 seams coming up in the current? Is it any type of disturbance in the river current? Is it structure at the bottom? What are you looking for that holds these trophy fish?
1: Uh, the two main things that I like to target, and this is on no matter where I'm at. If I'm way down south next to the coast, or if I'm you know all the way up in Georgia fishing the Chattahoochee I'm targeting some type of wood or rocks um concrete something like that to me I mean this might just be a personal preference but to me that seems like that holds the bigger fish um I feel feel like it holds bait and it holds big fish uh and of course season you know season has some of that to do with but um if, if i'm if i'm going out tomorrow hunting a 50 plus pound fish that's what i'm going to be looking for some type of wood structure with around you know with bait around it or bait in the area and right that's what i'm going to be looking for um
0: so me, when you're when, when you're looking when you're looking for these areas how much of it is it You know, you're kind of going off what's on the bank that you're banking on down at the in the river, or how much of it is you're using your electronics to locate these areas uh, and find this type of cover on the bottom and then target them. How 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 are you how are you finding them? Is it?
1: Uh, you know, bridges, of course, is going to have some type of concrete uh structure on the bottom around bridges. Um, but like. I'll, I'll just be going up the river, and I'll see, you know, there's a high bank with some trees laying in the water. Well, I know there's going to be trees in the bottom down there, and I'll, I'll turn on my downscan or side scan and drive over it. And if it's something that triggers me to fish it, then I'll, I'll look at it real good and just make sure that it's what I absolutely want to fish. And if I, I follow my gut more than I do anything. Um, if I believe there's a big fish there, then I'll fish it. But if, if there's a doubt in my mind that there's not, I'll roll on and just keep looking for some, something that strikes my interest that there's going to be a big fish down there. Um, and a lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff when you're out looking, you, you just happen to roll up on it. Um, rock piles and, uh, old boat docks, old, old, uh boats that's been down in the bottom of the river just little stuff like that that you happen to stumble across can you know be a landmine
0: right that that'll be a spot that will consistently hold fish time and time again Um, yes yeah that's great so i mean a lot of you guys that are listening and you know we've heard this uh some before where you know uh, looking as you're riding and, and while you're riding your boat, either it's up the river or across the lake, you know, paying attention to what's on the bank line. And then, you know, if a bank looks like it's got some gnarly trees and stuff scattered on there, turn on those electronics and then try to confirm that there is some of that on the bottom. And uh, yeah, you uh, use, use the bank. High, uh, high rock bluffs, stuff like that.
1: You, you know, over time, there's going to be big chunks of that wall that's falling into the river and most likely there's going to be you know big chunks of rock or a, a tree a big big base of a tree that's that's down there i mean just paying attention to little details like that can save you from you know hours of riding and looking to catching fish
0: that's great that's great advice right there ronnie and so when you when you find these places that are holding this cover on the bottom whether it's a tree or whether you found these rocks uh you know where you find uh, something has sank in the river um you've dialed in you've got you see some of it at this point are you also going back over it or or looking to see if you see fish suspended over it or in it or do you just sometimes you find you don't see anything at all but you know that it, it looks like a a high profitable area for you to get a big
1: fish? Uh, my take on it is, uh, I mean, if, if you're seeing, if you're seeing fish suspended or seeing fish on your graph, they might be catfish. They might not be. Um, I can't tell the difference, uh, but it lets me know that there is, there is something there. Um, right. I believe, you know, a big catfish, he's, He's down there. He's hiding behind the structure, up in the tree. Um, so that—that's what I do. I mean, even if I—if I pull over a, a big rock pile and I don't see anything, I'm still going to fish it because you—you don't know what's all down there for him to be in. And uh, that's right. So I'm—I'm put—I'm gonna put my time in and fish it regardless if I feel like there's a fish down there. Um,
0: so you're 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 basically you're dialing in and looking for the home of that fish, and just making sure he's not there. Over just you know riding through and just seeing a bunch of activity, and that that can be something that definitely uh, makes the an angler miss out on a really good spot. If you've found something on the bottom like a big rock pile, and it seems like it'd be a great place, and then you say, "Oh, well, I didn't mark anything. I'm just going to keep on going." Where you know you you brought a lot of sense right there, Ronnie. I was just thinking when you were saying that a big fish doesn't want to be seen. Right, you know, he's going, he's, he's he's going to hide. He's that big for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So getting in those areas and finding those places, you know, he chances are he's hidden inside of that.
1: hundred oh, percent. Especially uh, high current situations, or you know, we'll we'll talk about the Chattahoochee for a second. They uh they mess with the water a lot, you know, some, there'd be no current at all for six hours. And then currents blasting down the river for the next six hours. And, uh, I feel like, you know, those fish, when the current's rolling, they're going to be tucked behind something, tucked up in, you know, a hollow log or up under a rock bank. You know, they're, they're not going to be out fighting in the current. And when there that- is no current, you know, I, I, I believe that's the time for them to come out and, and feed. Uh, but if you can place your bait, you know, set up on this rock pile or a tree that's down there on the bottom and place your baits. If he's hiding anywhere in that vicinity, he's going to come eat.
0: Right, right, right.
1: It's My personal.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. So – those those are all super good points. And you know, you, you've hooked into some really big fish targeting areas like you're talking about. I know I have told you, I've told many people, and I'll tell our listeners, I hate when Ronnie calls me. I hate. It. No, I, I don't hate it. It makes me nervous when Ronnie calls me. No, I always make that joke because I've always said when Ronnie's calling, chances are he. Just busted a state record. I always joke. He makes it. May he makes me nervous. I hate when he calls. That's not true. I, I always joke with him because there is always a good chance when when uh, my phone rings that Ronnie's got something that's. If if you call me, it's it's going to be a new a new state record that's on there, uh, that you just put in the boat. Uh, you came close several times, haven't you?
1: Um, to to just just thinking off the top of my head, uh, at least five times I've came within uh five pounds of our Merci. state record which is, it's not it's not a giant but it mean it's a it's a trophy class fish 69.8 pounds um For sure. just just this last this February I caught one that was a sixty eight eleven. um wow. and you put something that big in the boat that close I mean it it gets you fired up and honestly <laughs> I'm mean, keeps me with the dedication I have to catching that fish uh just you come you come that close there's there's bigger fish out there it's just you put in the time it's gonna it's gonna happen it is it is
0: and I, i've said it there's a lot of great angler. uh chad down there with size matters captain yeah. he's a another great angler he's somebody i said where he has a big chance of, of catching that state record and i tell you what i I've, I've i've said it said it time and time again where i really think um you and uh chad i mean you guys are are right there at uh at breaking that state record and i have no doubt uh that it's going to happen here really soon and uh the reason i joke for anybody listening who doesn't know about catch the fever uh the catch fever brand uh the slogan is the brand that pays the fish so if you're using a uh, big cat fever rod uh it is an opportunity for you to 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 get $10,000 um for catching a state record and it's an additional five thousand dollars if you're wearing catch the fever apparel uh that's all stuff that you can earn uh just by using our gear and uh and ronnie has had all the above every time that he is has came close to that florida state record and i can't wait uh for you to do it and i get to come down to florida and interview you and i uh, get to see you because i, I think it's going to be something here real soon
1: yeah. And I uh, just, just to clarify, uh, with the listeners, um, I was presented with a, a couple of big cat fever rods. They let us use a buddy of mine. He let us use a couple during a tournament and, uh, he didn't say anything about the money. He just said, you know, try these rods out and we tried them out and fell in love with them. Uh, I, I wound, I bought, I bought some and had six or seven of them and, uh, I joined the Catch the Fever on Facebook and was reading along, and it said that you know, for breaking a state record, you'll win this amount of money. I was like, "Well, dang!" You know. <laughs> so, just to clarify, I didn't, I ain't using y'all's products or y'all's rod just because I want to, you know, break a state record and win. $15. Sure. Yeah. I, was, I was using y'all's rods before I even found out about the money. And, Absolutely. Uh, man, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to have. <laughs> if you do break the state record, I mean, that's, that's a, that's the thing. Uh, Right. It's not what y'all, y'all done done with that part.
0: Yeah. The, the payout is not the whole pie. It's just a a piece of the pie. The The biggest part of, of what we've tried to do there is, is make a quality product that catches more fish and keeps more fish on. But that was just a little incentive and a little incentive uh, uh, just to throw in there just for the anglers who chose to, you know, use our products, who enjoy it. It's just something as an achievement for using our products. If you, if you achieve that state record, you know, that's something that we put out there and, and you have, you, you've used it before ever finding out. And uh, but we've enjoyed, you know, following your success, using those products. And uh, like I said, it, it it's going to happen here very soon uh, where you, You definitely, you you bust that state record. You know, I remember, I think it may have been the last time uh, that you came that close. You sent me a picture
1: of the ride, Rainbow. Back in in February.
0: Yeah, you sent me a picture. I remember I was driving in the rain. I don't condone anybody texting and driving. But I almost had a wreck when I got (laughs) the picture (laughs) because (laughs) I, I uh, I had my business partner, Tony Caton. He was riding with me, and we was in Kentucky. And uh, I showed him that picture, and I said, "I said there it is. I said, that is the Florida State record that Ronnie has hooked. Because I remember you had time to, to pull out your phone, and you actually got a shot of that rod bent over. That was a big fish. Oh, yeah. That was the absolute monster fish that you had. And – uh Man, what what happened with that run? Did you just get down in the structure, or I know it's hard to stop a big fish like that.
1: Oh, okay, uh, I, I know, I know what you're talking about now. Uh, I was fishing rocks, and uh, where I was fishing, there's a lot of rebar, and oh. and I had followed him for I don't know. It seems like an attorney when he, when you're fighting a fish, but it, in reality, it probably wasn't two minutes. And uh, right. I thought I had him coming to the boat, and I was like, man, this is this is probably it, you know, I, he's, he's, he's hooked good, let me just pull out my phone and get a clip of this. Yeah, because
0: uh, usually when they're hooked up, they're hooked up, I mean, yeah. they're just, they're, they ain't coming off.
1: Well, he wasn't doing, you know, all the head shaking and sure. stuff like that, he was just raw power, and uh, right. he, he was coming up to the boat, I was fishing in about 30 foot of water, had him coming up to the boat, and uh, he just decided he was he wasn't done and uh he just <laughs> he went down pulling and drag and i had to drag pretty tight because i was fishing that area you know you don't want a, right. a big fish like that to get down in that stuff and uh right. it wasn't it just wasn't my time he he got <laughs> a, piece of, a piece of concrete or rebar and that was all she wrote
0: yeah, uh, yeah
1: it, it was definitely a State record contender fish, um, yeah. That spot I was fishing, you know, a, a lot. You have to do a lot of stuff right to land a fish that big in that general spot. But um, right it just right. said so it just what it wasn't my time to catch that
0: fish. Man, man, and then all the other ones, you know, those come within five pounds. You've you've gotten those, and uh, you know, at this point, I feel like you know you've hooked enough of them that are to where uh you know if you've got something pretty close and i would imagine that was that was for sure something that would have been pretty close if not over um, okay. for sure well you know back to uh when you're fishing uh, for a trophy blue or, or a trophy flathead you know you you mentioned the biggest baits that you 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 can find you know when you talk about using a big bait how big of a bait are you talking? Is it you're taking that gizzard shad and you're you're using the whole thing live, or are you cutting the, just the tail off using a hand sized piece? You know how big of these baits are you using? Uh, a,
1: t- a ten inch bait is generally two to three pieces: uh, the head section, the middle section, and then I'll cut you know just the end of the tail off. But um, and it's, it's what the fish tell you. I mean, if if I'm using the heads and you know that's half a hand size bait and I'm catching fish well all my baits are you know going to be roughly that size if uh if I happen to throw a half a gizzard shad or half a whole gizzard shad out and I'm catching more fish on um, that particular rod and size bait then the rest of my rods are getting you know that size bait uh but generally a good size baits two to three pieces um and it depends on what type of bait i have i mean if you got a you know big carp and stuff like that then my generally my baits are hand size
0: right to
1: make it to make it easier to visualize
0: are you using those hand size pieces because you know basically you know that that big fish may only eat you know limited parts of the day and you're trying to make that you know the meal that he goes for are you trying to use that piece of bait to try to keep some of those smaller fish off or uh, kind of I, all the above
1: I know I know a 20 a 20 I do I not want to catch a 20 pound fish if I'm targeting a record um, so I know a, a big bait like that a 20 a 20 pound fish might peck at it he might hit it and come off but he, he's, he just can't get it down his mouth um right I know anything that anything when that rod bends over he's gonna be 30. 30 plus and uh <laughs> that's one reason i use big baits and like you said that's a that's a uh, good example um a good big fresh bait if if that fish is
0: hungry you know that's a prime meal for him right right he's going to try to get as much uh as as much nutrition in as possible without having to do the least amount of work Oh yeah, and that that big that big bait will definitely can satisfy a good sized fish for sure. So, well, in the river that you gave us some really good things to look for, and you said it kind of goes, uh, you know, all the way across the board. Even with you know fishing in Lake Seminole and places, you know, when you are fishing in Lake Seminole, you described it in that particular body of water. There's a lot of grass yes. of that stuff that you got to deal with. Um you know is there anything you know as as far as that you do differently on Lake Seminole when you're dealing with those kinds of, of of things that are on the bottom um is there a lot of structure and cover in that lake i mean uh you know does your lake fishing change any you know from river uh i i
1: my rig is uh just a Santee cooper rig uh about two foot long with a a a cork on it, and I have it set up where I can attach a just a bank sinker if i'm fishing in either river but if i go down to the lake well in just a minute i can have you know a dragon weight some type of dragon weight and in the lake I'm 99 percent of the time i'm dragging uh dragging baits through there um the grass is in the really shallow spots but it's you know pockets of grass and uh you can find straightaways and places where you can you can drag shallow if the fish are moved up shallow uh they have a lot of have a lot of stumps and trees in or yeah. in around the main channel, and that's what I, I like to look for. I like to find you know a good a good stretch with a lot of cover in it, and I'll drag drag that. Um, right. Like I said, the grass is just kind of in big pockets. You know, it might be an acre an acre of grass, and then bare you know bare for hundreds and hundreds of yards, and then another. Right patch of grass um so i I tend to stay away from the grass just to keep the keep the rigs clean
0: and sure that's right absolutely absolutely yeah we've got some lakes around here that's local that uh you know it, it has some grass in it and it can be a little bit of a pain especially during the summer times when it's it's doing its thing the most uh, it can definitely, you know, be a little bit of a burden when you're dealing with rigs. And, you know, you had mentioned a, a dragon rig, and we get a lot of people on our social media pages that are just coming into catfishing um, and, you know, you're listening to this podcast. We've got tournament guys, and we've got guys that literally hadn't bought a rod and reel yet who's messaged in and said they listen to the podcast. They absolutely love it. They're learning. Uh, you know, if you're one of those guys who's listening, when, when Ryan talks about that dragon rig, he's talking about something that's, uh, a weight that's got a little bit of some length to it. And what that allows it to do is go over, uh, you know, structure and cover that's on the bottom without getting hung up. Um, it's, you know, not like a traditional egg sinker or a, a clip-on weight. Uh, this is a weight that you can clip on, but it's it's usually uh, anywhere between four to a foot. Some guys go further than that, and uh, it allows it to drag over over things on the bottom, allowing you to get hung up less. And, Ronnie, what, what size what what ounce weight do you use when you're when you're dragging baits um three to four ounces uh i typically three. i typically drag
1: 0.3 to 0.5 and uh that's that weight works good for me not coming off the bottom and you know, if you go too fast your weight's going to come off the bottom and you're going to be up in the water column um right That that speed i i can see you know when I go over the structure, when I go over rocks, I can, you know, see the weights in my rods going over that stuff and uh, just keeping contact on the bottom. Right. Absolutely.
0: Well, you know, you, in all these places you've, you've caught some really nice fish, especially for, for your area, for your state. I mean, they're just, they're bruisers. Is there anything Ronnie that you've seen that, is a pattern amongst these big fish that you you catch? I mean, is it, uh, you know, is it, does it seem like predominantly most of the time uh, it's not so much on like a straightaway or is it a straightaway or if it's, uh, is it, is it around rock? Is it around wood? Do you see a common denominator with these big fish that you're catching that they normally favor uh, more so than anything else? It's kind of half and half, uh, half of my, Fish, let's just say over 50
1: pounds that I've caught here in the state of Florida, Uh, usually around some type of rock structure or uh, stumps and logs Um, and shallow. Uh, I don't think I've caught a fish over 60 pounds deeper than 10 foot. And this is all in the the cooler months, the winter months. And down here, every winter it floods and uh, fish typically, I typically catch more and bigger fish in the shallower water because um, they don't want to be out here, you know, fighting that type of current, flood current. We right. Deal with all the trash and stuff like that, and plus all the bait, all the bait shallow in, in these slack quarter spots. And uh, I, that's where the big fish. Like to hang out. out. Yeah, go, go get a meal and they ain't got to fight for the current and they can eat all day.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Shallow water is, is definitely a big game, uh, where we're at you know shallow water targeting uh, targeting shallow water is, is usually big for us it's usually in the winter time you know you start to see uh bait fish and stuff go to the back a lot of that bait that they've been eating on all summer for the shad and stuff out in the main channel is starting to die off and they're getting in the back of the creeks getting the, the fresh stuff that's coming in and uh other bait fish and stuff from moving in so shallow water is big um that's that's another thing you know that we tell guys you know even if you're somewhere where you don't normally fish shallow uh, there's a lot of big fish in shallow water a lot of times and even where you're at down in Florida you you guys see that as well oh yeah yeah and you made you made the comment you know ten foot or less is where you've caught some of your you catch some of your big your biggest ones or, or really uh, some the, of the nicest when ones. when the water temperature
1: gets around 70 to
0: 75 or lower I'll keep uh, yeah. ten foot right right. So as we start getting into winter, your, your game starts getting shallower and shallower. Yes. And,
1: uh, like, like I said, you know, our winter pretty much flooded the entire winter. And, uh, I'll, I'll target slack, slack water, shallow areas. Um, it might be behind, behind the sandbar or, uh, a mud flat, just, just anything that's got less current than the main river. And, uh pretty much shallow uh bait fish are going to be up there shallow you know trying to get warm and i believe the you know the fish are going to be right here behind them feeding
0: that's right that's exactly right that's exactly right well that's good stuff that's all good stuff and um uh, i'm glad that we was able to 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 get on the podcast and go over a lot of this stuff uh i know we've had some uh interferences with the connection problems um hopefully it's not been too bad for you listeners where we've, we've uh, edited a few of these segments together. For some reason, we've just had a little bit of some issue with uh podcast interference where we've had to go back and get Ronnie back on and, uh, and, and, and do this podcast with him. But uh, I was definitely going to do everything in my power to make sure it happens because uh, if you don't currently follow Ronnie on Facebook or on social media, make sure you do because Ryan is one of those guys that, you know, he, he works during the week and then he goes out there and he literally – he's as hardcore as they come. And he does a really good job. He's made a name for himself and uh, he continues to impress uh, many anglers, really no matter where you're at, uh, you know, how consistent he is. He may not say that, but uh, I will definitely brag on him any day of the week. Um, with his success out there in Florida, it's it's definitely got – my attention to reach out to him and me and him has become friends, uh, over the last several years. And, uh, I just knew that if we could get him on here to talk about some of the things that's going on in his head, that it would definitely benefit you as an angler. So Ronnie, thank you so much for coming on the show and, uh, and, uh, sharing with us some of the stuff that you do. Um, I, I hope to have you on here again here soon i'd love to get back on here with you this winter talk about what you've got going on and really kind of dial in and talk some more about some other techniques and get more fine tuned in what you've got going on for the winter time to catch these big fish but uh i I appreciate you being on here Uh, i
1: I thank you uh thank thank the catch the fever crew for all that y'all do uh your products and uh i mean thank you for being a good friend and, uh, maybe i'll call you tomorrow with uh some news.
0: yeah that's it <laughs> I, I don't doubt it i do not doubt it uh i couldn't think of a better person who, who could get that state record so uh that wouldn't be nothing that wouldn't be nothing i, I wouldn't mind so well guys thank you so much for listening uh, to the catch the fever fishing podcast uh, again this episode was with ronnie dixon talking about targeting trophy florida Uh, catfish uh, he's definitely uh, a big contender out that way does really well in the tournaments he does really well on his personal time pleasure fishing and i hope that from this podcast you've been able to take something into a and that your body of water to where you can apply it and help you more successful again ronnie thank you so much for being on the show and if you guys have any questions or would like for us to cover any more topics when, when next time we talk with ronnie or any future topics please don't hesitate to shoot us a message on social media or support at com. we would be glad to cover those topics in the next podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Ronnie, okay. we hope you have a great evening. I, uh,
1: I got something to say to the listeners. Uh,
0: yeah, go ahead.
1: Whether, whether you're a veteran fisherman, you fish, you know, tournaments every weekend, or if you're just learning, if you're just coming out here and you see all these social media pitches of big fish and you're wanting to get into it, uh, just go, go fishing. Learn from your mistakes. Write stuff down. Make take you know mental notes. Time on the water will put big fish in the boat. Uh, Absolutely. You can ask all the questions in the world, but if you don't apply what you learn, it's it's not going to matter. Uh, figure, you know figure out figure out your fish, fish your fish, and you put
0: the time in and you'll be rewarded. That's, that's killer advice. That's, that's, that's great advice. Like you said, I mean, I hope you guys really listen to that last piece, you know, while we were signing off is, is you're right. You can listen to all the advice in the world, but if you don't apply it and you don't take notes and pay attention, to what's going on your body of water, you know, you can, you can miss it. You can miss it very easily. So uh, that's great advice guys, more so than anything on this. That's, that's a, Key piece of advice that you should definitely take away from it. and Ryan, thank you again for that. And uh, uh, we look forward to talking to you uh, some more here in the near future. All right. Thank you, Kevin. All right, brother. Y'all have a great evening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kepsi Fever Fishing Podcast.